This is AM Rush. I'm your host, Alex Mitchell. Wednesday, May 20th. Some headlines out of AM New York Metro. The Belmont Stakes is going to happen this year. There won't be fans, but the horse race in Nassau County is officially a go. And be sure to stay away from New York City beaches on Memorial Day. The Parks Department is going to put up fences if crowds start getting too large. And it's fun to stay at home with the YMCA. We're going to hear all about the virtual programming that they've been doing. We have an interview coming up with the CEO of the YMCA for New York, Sharon Greenberger. This is AM Rush. I'm Alex Mitchell. Let's get started with... The 152nd running of the Belmont Stakes will be held on June 20th, this time as the first leg, not the final one, of the Triple Crown. The first time in history that that has ever happened. So while the race is going to happen, there are a lot of changes. Usually it's a 1.5 mile run, the longest of all three in the Triple Crown. That's been reduced to 1 and 1 8th mile while the prize has decreased from $1.5 million to only $1 million. And that is believed to be a byproduct of financial losses experienced through the coronavirus pandemic. And like other sporting events, the Belmont Stakes will happen with no fans. If you've already bought tickets, you are entitled to a refund. And coverage of that race will begin at 3 p.m. on the third Sunday of June. And after Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that city beaches will not be open for Memorial Day weekend because of coronavirus, the New York City Parks Department is planning to erect temporary fences at the entrances to Coney Island and Brighton Beach that are going to control the size of crowds for Memorial Day weekend. Park employees were already working on plans to erect fences at all entry points on Coney Island earlier this week, with its employees saying it would allow them the ability to control how many people actually enter the beach at any location. In addition to that, NYPD officials now say that beach detail will be boosted to 100 officers, backed by a small army of school safety officers that are going to be in charge of checkpoints and entry areas for the boardwalks of Coney Island and the Rockaways, And they will also be giving out masks, advising visitors on social distancing to prevent the spread of coronavirus. And you might not be able to go to the YMCA, but they're still bringing a lot to you virtually. We're going to talk now to the CEO of YMCA Greater New York, Sharon Greenberger. She's going to talk about all the types of virtual interactive programming and some other very supportive projects that the YMCA is working on. Sharon, we're going to go to you now. Sharon, I warned you before we got started on this that I had an awful but very fitting pun, and that is that now it is fun to stay at home with the YMCA. Tell me a little bit about what you got. That's fantastic, actually. I really like that. So I will accept that, yes. So we, um, you know, the Y is really built on this notion of community and bringing people together, but uh, COVID has certainly changed our uh, needs and abilities to connect in different ways. So we created YMCA at home uh, about seven, eight weeks ago, and it's been just an amazing experience to see people coming together and to see those folks who are used to seeing each other in person and finding their friends and their connections. 
connect in different ways online. So I, I like that. Yes, we will, we will allow you to use that um, because we think it's really important at this moment in time for people to have the resources necessary to connect and to feel like um, they're understanding where their friends are and also to really remain active and healthy and focused on taking care of themselves. Well, I appreciate you floating me that because I certainly do intend to use this going forward. Um, something else I want to talk to you about. Talk about the New Americans Welcome Center. Yes. So as you probably know, I think 40% of New Yorkers are foreign born. And I think it's a higher percentage of those who are employed in New York City are foreign born. So our immigrant population is incredibly important to our overall economy and the dynamism that comes with New York City. So early on, for years, we've been committed to really helping newcomers come and acclimate and understand the resources that are available to them and how to best integrate into New York. And we know that their needs don't change just because the city slows down or because there's as much access. So we have um, seven new American welcome centers. Those are physical centers in some of our branches and, and some of our other offsites. And we are continuing those services virtually. So continuing to make sure people understand what is happening because sometimes language translation becomes a real barrier to understanding what's happening, what are the protocols, what are the resources available, helping people understand where they can get medical attention if they need to, also helping people continue on their English language courses and other citizenship classes that people need to feel like they're making progress. So our work there in the New American Welcome Centers continues, um, again, pivoting to a virtual platform because that's what we have to do. And I understand also you guys are doing a lot with high school seniors now, and this is, oh, it's such yes. a crazy time. To, so to as think. you can imagine, this is a really challenging time for high school seniors, for anybody who is um, completing a program or a degree, especially high school seniors that work so hard. And these are the months where they have to make hopefully important decisions about what they do next and where they might go to college and, and revel in their accomplishments. So we are continuing to to support those kids in making decisions about how to think about college, how to make sure where there are financial aid applications or anything else that has to get in, that we're there to help them, helping them and their families uh, weigh different choices and think about what it will mean for them and their family members, and really being a support, and then also helping them celebrate in some way because it is a milestone, and milestones need to be celebrated even if you can't do them in person. I couldn't imagine graduating either high school or college under these circumstances. So have you been able to talk to any of the students to how excited have they been just to kind of get out, even if it's virtually, just talk to other people, share what they're doing, get life Yes. Advice. Yeah, we see it with our teens. We see it with all the segments of those that we serve at the Y. But certainly, you know, I think our teens are the most technolo technologically adept. And so they're sort of more comfortable with some of these new ways of connecting. And whether we do it through some of our Zoom classes or WebEx, um, through Facebook Live, there's a lot of mechanisms for people to come together. And I think they're deeply appreciative of the structure that enables them to come together and to talk about things that they're all facing together. And so that's been, I think, very gratifying for them. And I think also just, again, um, having that emotional 
emotional connection. So we want to make sure that those stay strong. And so we keep hearing how important those are. So we see it again with our teens in some of that teen programming. We're also seeing it uh, at the other end of the spectrum with some of our older active adults who are used to coming in every day and seeing their friends and working out together and having that social time together. And it's just as important for them to find those ways in as well. I know you guys do a lot of counseling services, which I can imagine now more than ever with social distancing and so many people that are inadvertently secluded. This must be one of the most important services you guys have to offer right now. We do. We have a counseling services uh, center that's run out of Staten Island that has been working nonstop. As you can imagine, demand for those services are very high. I think the level of anxiety and stress and mental health issues is unprecedented. And so we're helping to help people understand um, that they that they will get through this and, and being there to offer them to help help to get through. And I, I think you're right in this city of nine million people, it's somewhat ironic that the rates of social isolation can be higher here than other places. And that's one of the things that the Y does is bring people together and help people find those connections. And so when they can't come in physically, we have to make sure that people still know that they belong somewhere, that they have people who are looking out for them. Um, one of the things that we know is that for many of the people who come through the Ys, it's the one time in a day that someone might recognize them by name and call them by name. And so how do we do that virtually? How do we pivot and translate that in a way that keeps those connections going? So we have many staff that are doing outreach calls to some of our members to check in with them and just make sure that they know that someone's thinking about them. We're talking a lot about what you guys are doing virtually on the front lines of COVID-19, but there's a lot of, of physical programs being put into, like the temporary yes. housing program the YMCA is doing. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So just one minute of context. So we have 24 branches throughout the city in all five boroughs, and we also have 80 off-site locations. Many of those are in school, but we also have some senior centers and some new American Welcome Centers. So we knew when the city went really into stay-at-home mode that we had to continue to provide services in many different ways. We have eight branches that have resident services for transitional and homeless housing. And we also knew that demand for those services would increase. So we have kept those branches open and running. We have staff there around the clock. And we were able to to work quickly um, with HHC, the city's health and human uh, health and hospitals corporation, to make sure that we could meet what we knew was going to be an increase in demand for those beds um, for homeless folks who need a safe place to be. So we have seen an uptick in our services there. Again. Um, we know how important it is right now. We know that people need to feel that they can be someplace that provides them with a safe and clean environment. So we're continuing to provide those services. We also knew early on that where we could, we wanted to help um, healthcare workers with some of their childcare needs. So for several weeks, we were providing those services to make sure that frontline workers were able to make sure that their kids were someplace safe as well. Wow, that is, that is great stuff. I understand also you have an outreach program for senior citizens, uh, particularly in the Bronx. We do. So, again, um, we know that 
Uh, again, the rates of social isolation, um, especially amongst seniors, is high. We know that many people live by themselves, and we know from our own data and our own anecdotal um, evidence that people come to the Y every day and find their groups and find those connections. And so we felt really strongly that we had to make sure people continued to know that we were thinking about them. So we started this outreach program just to check in. Um, we also have a couple phone trees among some of our members that they, on their own, touch base with one another. It's what they did when they used to come into the branch on a daily basis. If they saw that one of their friends wasn't there they knew that somebody was going to follow up to make sure they're okay and so we've just taken that into a different platform to make sure that we're checking in that people have what they need and that they know that when we reopen uh, they will we will be ready to welcome them back with open arms and you're already welcoming people with the virtual fitness classes that we are Yes. Yeah, so we start. We knew right away that we had to pivot quickly um, and connect people. So we, as we we created this YMCA at home, which I think has had several hundred thousand views, and um, we offer a variety of classes and resources. So there's a couple of different health options um, for those who are interested in taking classes. We have a Facebook Live class every day at noon, and then a couple of days a week we have them at 10 and 5. We have family-oriented activities once or twice um, a week. We've got resources for families around um, educational activities. We have those other ways for our seniors to connect. And the response has been overwhelmingly positive. I think um, I will say for me, it's been a godsend because I have been taking the Facebook Live noon classes every day. I am discovering muscle groups that I never knew I had, which is why it's good that I'm doing it. But I see in the comment section the way that people who are taking the class connect to one another. And it's there that they reach out and they say hello and they leave their comments. And you can see the bonding that's happening. And this notion that they're doing something together, I think, brings people a real sense of joy which at this moment in time is really important to be able to provide. And for people that want to join, even if for right now it's just online. It's online. You can find it on Facebook. Um, you can go to YMCA of Greater New York on the Facebook page, and you'll see a whole host of videos and resources that you can download at any time and participate in. You can either do it live with me and others, or you can do it uh, at the time that makes the most sense to you. There's a whole library of opportunities for people to really take advantage of. You know, we, the why was really created uh, with this notion of preventive health. Like we, I, I like to say we invented preventive health. We were really focused on making sure you were keeping your mind, body, and spirit active. And we need to make sure that we're staying healthy and doing things for ourselves and taking good care of ourselves more than ever. We know that there's a direct connection between health um, and what's happening with COVID and the pandemic. So we want to make sure that we are providing those resources, that people have every opportunity to take advantage of something to help them be active and feel good. Well, Sharon, I can't thank you enough for coming on AM Rush, before I let you go, is there anything else you want yeah. to say to not just everyone that uses the YMCA, but to just the city of New York in this tough time? 
Yeah, I would say stay strong. I, I have lived through many, and we all have. We've all lived through different crises in New York, and we return strong, and we return stronger than ever, and I think this is going to be no different. Um, the phasing might be different. The challenges are different. The protocols that we have to use to adapt might be different. But we are resilient and we are inspiring. We are the global capital of the world and we will return strong. So just hang in there, hang tough. I couldn't agree more with you, Sharon. Once again, thank you for coming on AM Rush. I will certainly be starting to do the Facebook noon virtual class tomorrow. I'm gonna oh, good. discover yes. muscle groups that I don't even know about, as you said. And I can't That's wait That's right. That. Okay, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And that was AM Rush. I'm Alex Mitchell. Stay tough out there, New York. Every day it's getting a little bit better, it seems. So with that, wash your hands.